I'm going to go to the book of John, chapter number 14. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's just a calmness in the atmosphere this morning. It feels so good in God's presence. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's just, I'll read in a moment. Let's just love him one more time today. Can you do that? Lift up your voice and let's just give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, you're so good to us. We praise your name this morning, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, Lord, we bless your name this morning. We bless your name this morning. We bless your name this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. John chapter 14, beginning with verse Number one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, that where I am, there ye may be also. That where I am, there ye may be also. I want to preach this morning for a few moments from this title, The Value of a Soul. The Value of of a soul. Would you put your Bibles down and lift your hands into the air and lift your voice one more time to the Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear this morning what you would say. Lord, give us a heart to receive. And Lord, we pray, Lord, we will respond in Jesus' name to your word today. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence that I feel in the house of the Lord today. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. One more time, clap your hands unto the Lord. And praise him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Praise God. The value of a soul. The value of a soul. I guess if you could, it's really almost impossible to do it, but I believe verse number three of chapter 14 of John really encapsulates why we do everything that we do, why we are here this morning, is because Jesus told them, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again, and I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also." We live in what we call time. We don't know anything other than time. However, there's a part of you that is unseen. We are body, we are visible and invisible. The Bible lets us know that we are body, soul, and spirit. Two-thirds of you is unseen. One-third of you is seen. That means two-thirds of everything that is reality is unseen. And here's just to kind of put it into perspective this morning. 
I know that I've heard it, and I'm, I'm just getting old enough to where I can start to say it. But we've all heard somebody in their 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s say something like, I may be so and such and such years old, but I still feel like I'm 20. I still feel like I'm 25, or I still feel like I'm 30. I, it, it has gone so fast. That's because your body may be 70, 80, or 90 years old, but your spirit man lives on forever. Your spirit man does not age. Your spirit will one day leave your body. And your spirit will live on forever. There will be no end to your spirit once the life on earth is done. We live in time. One day we will be loosed from time and we will live on in eternity. That little sense in your mind that tells you I still, the years have gone so fast and my spirit doesn't feel old or inside I don't feel old. My body does and I can't do what I used to do, but my spirit feels, still feels that young. That is one of those indicators that tells you that you are a spirit being uh, uh, bef- uh, even more than you are a physical being and your spirit will live on for eternity. And Jesus came to this earth. God wrapped himself in flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And he came to this earth to provide a sacrifice for your sins because your sin would keep you separated from him. And at the heart of the matter, Jesus looks at them and says, where I am, ye may be also. Did you know that he went to prepare a place called heaven for you because he wants you to be there? He wants you to be there. Do you know that you're valuable to God? There's no price tag that you can put on the value of your soul. There's no, how how do you say what somebody is worth? How do you put a a, a price tag, a a dollar amount on what somebody's life is worth? We, what one of the worst tragedies happening in the world today, and it it happens all throughout the world, and we we see it pop up in the news from time to time is uh, the human human trafficking that happens in the world today. And what is, uh, of all the things that are so terrible and horrible, uh, that doesn't even encapsulate encapsulate what it is. There's no way you can put it into words how bad it is. But at, at, at the bottom of it, they're putting a dollar amount upon somebody's life, upon somebody's well-being, uh, uh, upon somebody's physical body. There's a dollar amount that is attached to them. And and anytime that well, this has happened throughout history, as long as uh, you can go back through human history, uh, one of the, the, the most terrible things that can be done is to put a dollar amount on the life of somebody. You cannot do it. You cannot say that that person is worth a million dollars. You cannot say they're worth a trillion dollars. There's no way that you could put a price tag on it. I'm telling you that the value of one person, the value of a soul is so far beyond any amount of currency or any amount of wealth or any amount of, of belongings could ever account for. And Jesus proved this to humanity when he came to this earth and he died for all of humanity in order to really begin to understand the value of something. You cannot understand the value of something or get a grasp on the value until somebody has paid the price for something. I could tell you I've got a baseball card in my, in my, uh, in my basement right now that's worth $250,000. 
I could tell you that. I could tell myself that. I could tell somebody else that. But until somebody comes to me and writes me a check for $250,000, it's not really worth anything. It's worth as much as somebody will pay for it. We see the value of things in our society and, and, and things, uh, crazy things are valued at such a high value. I read an article the other day and uh, it was going back to, I believe it was 1998. And uh, there's much news going on in the sports world about it that when Mark McGuire hit his 70th home run, a, a, a guy in the, in, the, in the audience caught it and uh, he, he wanted to give it back to him. And he, he wanted a few signed things, but he wanted to meet Mark McGuire and they said no. So he went and he sold it for $3 million. He, 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 uh, by the time he paid the auctioneer, I believe it was 10%, he walked away with 2.7. And uh, to think that he was going to settle for a handshake from an athlete now that time has gone on and, and there's been much drama in, in, uh, according to that whole scene, they estimate that that ball is worth about a tenth of what somebody paid for it value. It, it's, all, it's all what somebody will pay for it, the value of what anything is. There, there are all sorts of things in our society that are valued at certain, at, at, at certain, valued at certain prices. And, and when you're making a purchase, one of the smartest things that you can do is, is purchase something that will appreciate in value and not depreciate in value. We unfortunately are, we can't avoid uh, buying a vehicle, but every vehicle that is driven, I believe they say when it, when it drives off the lot, it loses, I don't know, what is it, 10 or 20% of its value immediately as it drives off the lot when you buy it brand new because there are certain values set upon a new car and a used car and, and all the, the, the uh, uh, details that go into that market. Everything has a value. Everything has a value. If you go into a pawn shop and say, hey, I want to hock this, they're going to get on the internet, they're probably going to get on eBay, and they're going to find what the average value that somebody else is paying for it, and they're going to offer you what, uh, they're going to make their offer based upon what the current value is. You can place a value, uh, there, there are so many things that, that you can place a certain value on and attach a dollar amount to it. You can go to Zillow and look at how much houses are, what the value of houses are, and what the taxes are on that house, and you can find the value because somebody somewhere will pay that price, or it is estimated that they will pay that price. But let me tell you that there is no dollar amount that you can put on the life of an individual. There is no dollar amount that you can put on, a, a, on an eternity. An individual who will live on forever and forever and forever. One of the biggest lies sold uh, uh, to, to young people is, and it's, a, and it's a phrase that people will say, or not a phrase, but it's a, an acronym. They'll say YOLO. You only live once. My, basically, go ahead and do what you want to do because you only live once. No, you don't only live once. You live forever and forever and forever. And because we live for eternity. We cannot afford to make decisions that will affect my forever. There's no dollar amount. There's no amount of money. There's, 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 there's nothing. There's no uh, a value above uh, what Jesus paid for my soul that I can attach to my eternity. My eternity is more valuable than somebody else's opinion. My eternity is more valuable than even, than even my own current comfort level or my current disposition. My eternity, my soul is more valuable than anything this world could offer me. The value 
of a soul. Many people live their lives and they don't feel valuable. There are perhaps people in this congregation right now that you have lived your life and because of circumstances that happened in your life, maybe when you were a child or a teenager, has left you feeling like you're not valuable. And the Holy Ghost has come here for me to tell you that you are valuable. There may be those of you here today that you've never felt valuable to anybody or felt endeared by anybody and, and it has left you in such a state that you just live feeling like, do I even matter? Does anybody even care? Does God even love me? Does, is there anything in my life that will, that will fill that void in my spirit? The Holy Ghost here today wants to tell somebody uh, uh, specifically, he wants to tell us as a congregation that your soul is more valuable than anything this world can ever offer you that yes you are valuable yes you do matter yes Jesus does love you yes uh, no you don't just blend into the crowd but Jesus looks at you specifically and he loves you specifically for who you are he loves you how he created you you were fearfully and wonderfully made I'm talking this morning about the value of a soul that Jesus Christ looks at humanity and he values humanity he loves humanity with an undying love you love this morning you have value you have value you're not valueless you're not just a face in the crowd you're not ignored by God but he loves you and he has placed such a value upon you that there's no dollar amount that could satisfy that amount that 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 you value to him you see, uh, 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 it, whatever, whatever has a particular value is only as valuable as somebody is willing to pay for that particular item, that particular purchase. It's only as valuable as somebody will sign the check or make the transfer. That's as valuable ultimately as it is in the end. doesn't matter what I say it is. doesn't matter what I think it is. It matters what somebody will pay for what they value. Special collectors will pay gobs of money for, for particular paintings of, uh, uh, that were painted by artists that you and I may not even recognize their name. You and I may walk, we could walk through an art gallery and look at paintings that, that uh, uh, supposedly are worth millions of dollars. To me, I, I'm not into art. I wouldn't know by what I'm looking at, but there's somebody somewhere that knows what they're looking at and knows the, the brush strokes and the painting style of whoever the artist was that painted... Uh, 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 that, that, that artistry and will be willing to pay uh, exuberant amounts of money because they knew who the artist was. They know where they were when they painted it. They know the circumstances surrounding the time frame of who it was that made that, 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 that painted that picture. And because of that, it holds value. It doesn't hold any value to me, but it holds value to them because they know a little bit about who the author was or they know a little bit about who the painter was, who the artist was. And when they get to know the circumstances surrounding the artistry it will then raise the value of that particular painting there's nothing about the Mona Lisa that I would love to hang in my house but somebody somewhere 
They looked at the surrounding and the, 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 the surrounding circumstances of that particular painting. And because of that, it's hung in the Louvre in Paris and there's, and there's protection and there's protective glass around it. And people come from all over the world to look at the Mona Lisa because of all of the circumstances surrounding. It's not that that, that painting couldn't be recreated. It's, it's, the, it's the, the, the one that held the brush in his hand as he painted that picture. And as, as, as the circumstances surrounding that period of time it drives the value through the roof and and people come from all over the world to see this because they they know a little bit about it now let me tell you it's not it's not anything that would make me make a second glance or or cause me to value it because it can be reproduced it can be repainted but there was an there was a there was a an artist that that painted the Mona Lisa and that and that the circumstances in the time frame around when he painted it and because it was really kind of a new uh, it was the most real portrait that could be painted of a picture at the time. Makes it valuable. So there's protection. There is, there's, there's security. There's somebody watching to make sure somebody doesn't try to do something crazy around that picture because it has great value. When something has great value, you'll treat it differently. When something has great value, it will cause it, it will cause you to take precautions to preserve that which is valuable. Let me tell you today that while you may not feel very valuable, you may not feel valuable, but God wants you to know today that you are valuable. You are, you, you are more valuable than any dollar amount could ever be attached to your life. Because when you were created, you were created with a, with a soul, a spirit that lives on for all of eternity. Every single one of us here today, there's no way that we can escape the fact that if the Lord doesn't return in our lifetime, we will go the way of the grave and somebody will stand over our casket and say words and, and, and will re reminisce upon our life but our spirit will live on for all of eternity when you were conceived in your mother's womb at that moment of conception a human spirit was conceived and began at that time a human spirit that would live on for eternity I've come to preach to somebody today that your eternity your soul the value of your soul is, is too valuable to play or, or to make decisions that would affect your eternity your soul is more valuable than any any decision your soul is more valuable than any dollar amount your soul is more valuable who you are is more valuable than anything somebody may have pronounced over you in your life somebody may have treated you in such a way that made you not feel valuable but the holy ghost has come here to tell you today that you matter you matter. He loves you. He loves you for you. He doesn't love you with a motive. He loves you for you. He doesn't love you for just what he can get out of you. His love is the same for everybody. His love is the same on your worst day as it is on your best day. His love never changes. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here. God's trying to talk to somebody today. Your value does not change just because you have made mistakes that you are ashamed of. But Jesus Christ looks at you even though you have made tragedy 
tragic and terrible mistakes and he still says I love you and you are valuable to me I want you to be in heaven with me I've prepared a place for you that where I am you may be also before time ever began God looked upon humanity and said I want them to be in heaven with me I'll tell you what the value of humanity the value of human beings. God wants you to be in heaven with him. He doesn't want to be in heaven alone. See, that's the, ooh, that's the power. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the word of God. That's how powerful this message is, is ultimately God and all of his power and all of his grandeur and all of his splendor and all of his might. He did not want to be alone. He did not want to be in heaven all by himself. He has all power. He has all might. He created everything. He has all power at his disposal. He can create whatever he wants to create. But at the end of his creation, on that sixth day, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. And he gave man a living soul, the Bible says. And he gave man a living soul. And with that, he gave you a will. He gave you a spirit that lives on forever because ultimately, he was lonely the angels were not enough the angels in the grandeur of heaven where he was was not enough he was looking for a human being that he would give to them their own will and with their own will they would choose him and say God I want to be with you that's what the gospel is all about that's what heaven is all about there was a lonely God that looked down and said I don't want to be by myself but I'm going to create somebody and hope that they will choose me down on humanity you see I don't know what your craft is today or what you're good at everybody's good at something everybody has a gift everybody has a talent and at some point in time in your life you've you've had somebody compliment you but then you've had somebody maybe pay you a compliment that was particularly good in your field of talent and that compliment went farther than somebody who doesn't know the craft. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 somebody's complimenting you say, well, that, that, say something like, well, that means a lot coming from you. Because when you receive praise from a greater to a lesser, it feels different. But you got to understand this, that God is great and nobody can be greater than him. He will never receive praise from anybody greater than him. But he does not care about that. He receives the praise from those that are lesser than him. That were made a little lower than the angels. So when you lift your voice and you give him praise, he doesn't roll his eyes or shrug his shoulders and say, well, it doesn't mean a whole lot because you don't know how great I am no because there will never be anybody that could give God praise that is greater than him I know how good it feels for somebody to pay you a compliment that's better at what you're doing than you are but God will never experience that he will only experience the praises of people that have created that he has created out of the dust of the earth and that's all he ever intended don't don't think for a moment that every time you clap your hands or you lift your voice or you praise or worship him that he kind of shrugs his shoulders or rolls his eyes or says oh I'm not concerned about them no he created you because your value is greater than anything else he ever created your value is greater than anything that he flung into space your value is greater than anything he created in those six days 
I began to think about that the other day. God will never, it's impossible for God to receive praise from anybody that's greater than him. He will only receive praise and worship from those that he created. That was his heartbeat. There was an empty heaven. And God said, I don't want to be alone. I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to create man in my image. And he gave man a will. He gave man a choice. He gave man what he did not give the animal kingdom. That was a spirit that lives on for all of eternity. And the value of your life. You know, it's crazy in our society in America, in America that is, not in Africa, but in America. You said somebody hear about somebody abusing a dog? It's all over the news. And we've become desensitized to people being murdered, but let somebody treat a dog wrong. And it's... I'm not, I'm, I'm not for abusing animals. But I'm just saying our value, what we value, what we value in our society today, what we value is so much different is, 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 is than what God uh, uh, originally, he created man and he placed the greatest value upon the soul, upon the spirit of a man that would live on forever. You have an eternity that, await, that awaits you. You have a soul, a spirit that will live on for all of eternity. And the value of souls, there is nothing greater than the value of a soul. Every person that you see today, tomorrow, for the rest of your life will spend eternity somewhere. It is a person that God created in his own image that they have a spirit, a soul, and a body. That their body will expire one day, but their spirit will live on forever and ever. Let me tell you this morning that there is nothing more valuable than the value of a soul. Every soul matters. Every soul counts. Let me tell you this morning that, that you belong here, that, 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 the, that the love of God is here, and there's nothing like the love of God as he wraps his arms around you. And you've got to understand that in the presence of God, there is the, the true value of who you are can be, can be recognized. The true value of your soul and, and what really matters only happens in the presence of God where the truth of God is preached. Let me tell you that there's nothing more valuable than a soul. You matter to God. Our society devalues people. Our society, one day they could sing your praises and the next day be making fun of you in the news. It, it never fails. The newest and up and com newest up and coming, whatever it is in, in society and in, in the professional world, in the sports world, they could sing your praises one day. Just give it a few days or give it a few weeks or a few months and to where you're not as good as you used to be and they'll call you washed up. They'll, they'll, they'll say all kinds of things about you because they don't value you. They only value you for, for what you may be able to do in a moment moment, but God values you for who you are and who he created you to be because he wanted you to be with him. Luke chapter 15, verse number seven. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 90 and nine just persons which need no repentance. 
Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say unto you, that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Just one. All it takes is one person. You know why? Because the value of one person, the value of one soul is beyond what we can even imagine that the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Let me tell you that there, all of heaven, we can't see it from our vantage point, but all of heaven is watching you. All of heaven is watching humanity and takes notice and there must be some type of pause button in heaven that all of heaven stops and when one sinner repents and gets right with God that all of heaven begins to rejoice that's the value of just one soul that's the value of just one person I, I saw it on Facebook there's been a, a crusade that happened in Bangladesh and, and just the last few days I believe they said over 11,000 people or around 11,000 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the very first time and all of heaven is rejoicing when that happens and God is going to do it more and more but hear me if there's only one that comes to an altar of repentance heaven still stops for just one person that's the value of a soul that's the value that one person has the ability when they get real with God and they come to a place of repentance they say, God, I'm sorry for how I've lived. I've been wrong. I've been in sin and I renounce it. And I'm sorry for my lifestyle. I want to turn towards you. That's when somebody's repenting. That's, that, that's what it is for you to repent. It's for you to make an about face on your lifestyle and say, God, I'm not going to live for the devil no more. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live, I'm going to live according to your word. I'm going to live in obedience to your word. I repent of my old lifestyle. Oh, the Bible says all of heaven stops and rejoices over one sinner that is repentant. That's the value of a soul you see Jesus came to this earth I'm not even close to getting into my notes this morning Jesus came to this earth because there was a problem he wanted people in heaven with him but the law of Moses could not get them there could not redeem them the law of Moses was actually a stumbling block and so According to the word of God, we know that sin requires blood. According to the law of Moses, if you committed certain sins, your life would be taken. Your blood would be spilled. For other sins, it would require maybe an ox or a sheep or a turtle dove to be sacrificed and for that blood to be spilled to just roll back the sins of your life to take care of it for a year. Blood had to be shed for sin. Where there is sin, there must be bloodshed. 
There must be. There was no way around it. But the law of Moses was incomplete. And and it wasn't, David said, it's not the blood of bulls and goats that you desire. But it was a contrite heart that that, that God really was looking after. It was was the inner man that that God was really looking for. Not just the outward expression of of, of of a sacrifice. And so because your sin, because the sins of humanity required blood, God said, I am going to come in the person of Jesus Christ. And my blood will be spilled so that I may redeem them because blood is required for their sin. I will be the one that comes and I will spill my blood so that they may be redeemed. I want to tell you how how valuable you are. If anything is given a value, it is given a value because somebody is willing to pay the price. But I've come to tell you this morning that you are so valuable that God robed himself in flesh and he paid the ultimate price for you he spilled his own blood for you to be with him in heaven you couldn't be there by yourself you couldn't be so good that you went to heaven it could not happen it was impossible for you to do enough good deeds that you went to heaven it was impossible for you to be a good enough person that you would go to heaven there had to be blood that was shed on your behalf there had to be blood that was spilled there was a price on your head and that price could only be paid in blood and Jesus Christ stretched out his arms on the cross and said I will make the purchase I will pay the price because that person those people are so valuable to me I'll I'll bleed it out of my veins I'll let the price of their soul bleed down my arms and run down my legs I love them so much I will let them take a cat of nine tails and put it to my back because that's how valuable they are I will let them put uh, spikes in my hands and spikes in my feet and hang me between heaven and earth because that's how valuable you are that's how valuable you are there's no dollar amount that can be put on you the only way that we can put it into words the only way that we can come up with a value is say that God loved us so much he paid the price for me in blood he let them nail him to a cross to be the ultimate sacrifice so that I could be forgiven of my sins and I could walk free and I could live in freedom and in peace and in the joy of the Lord he went to Calvary and he bled and he died and he was buried and he rose again because that was my value you understand we just live in a few short years of time and what we know is time but God was looking throughout eternity and he looked throughout all of eternity upon humanity and he said I want to save them I want to save them they're so valuable they're so valuable that the blood of a goat won't save them the blood of a bull will not save them. It will not cleanse them of their sin. The blood of turtle doves will not, it will not do the job because it's all tainted. There had to be perfect, spotless, innocent, sinless blood. Blood that was sinless. Blood that never committed a sin. And the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. That means when he was on the cross, our value was so great to him that when he was on the cross, he quite literally felt the guilt 
the shame and the condemnation for every sin that was ever committed by every human that has ever lived. Can you imagine for a moment that our society lives and, and, and is what we do. We are sinners without the blood of Jesus Christ and we live under the condemnation of my, of my mistakes from years gone by. We can live under the guilt and shame for the mistakes of my life but can you imagine being in a moment for three and a half hours feeling the guilt and the shame and the condemnation for billions upon billions of people. All of that stacked on to your life and carrying the burden of the guilt, the shame, and the condemnation. Let me tell you that when Jesus Christ was on the cross, when he was bleeding and he was dying, it wasn't just his physical body that was hurting. No, the Bible says a man can withstand his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. But let me tell you, the worst pain that he was going through was the, was the inner, the feeling on the inside of him of the guilt and the shame and the condemnation that he was embodying in that moment because he became sin for us. He did it because you're valuable. You matter. You matter to him. I know, I know it's 2022. It, this happened 2,000 years ago. But 2,000 years ago, uh, just outside of the city of David, on a cross, he saw Aaron Herod's face flash before his eyes. He saw your face. He saw your face. And he saw your face. Every face of humanity. And he was saying, I love them so much, I want them to be with me forever. That's why I told them, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you can be there too. He was saying, I want you to be with me. I want you to spend eternity with me. He will not make you. He will not force you. But he will give you the opportunity to obey his word. He will give you the opportunity to make the decision to say, God, I choose to reject the pleasure of this world and the pleasure that I could have in a, in a short lifespan. And I trade that in for the pleasure of eternity in heaven with you. I trade the pleasure of the world. I trade the pleasure that I could have in my flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life. I, I trade it all because I want to be with you. That's the value of a soul. God has come here today to tell somebody you're valuable. You really, really, really do. There, there's no gimmick. God's not offering you one thing with one hand while he's got something hidden behind his back with the other. He's not, he's, not, he's not hiding something from you. He's not trying to trick you. He's not trying to trick you because you're valuable to him. I'm almost done. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses number 4 and 5. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. This is our God. That before we were ever conceived, he looked down to humanity. And he loved humanity. See, our, our, our society does not even value the unborn anymore. But God does. God does. He says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. 
We are his creation. And before we were ever born, he looked upon us and he knew where our lives would lead. His foreknowledge saw where our steps would take us. God has come here today to tell somebody and he's hoping you will receive it in your spirit that the value of your soul is so far beyond what any human being could or could not place upon it. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Would you lift your hands for a moment and just love him right now? Can you lift up your voice and thank him for his love this morning? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your salvation was too high a price for you to pay. You couldn't pay it. You couldn't do it. There was no way for it to be done because my value was so far above what I could even imagine. He said, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to come to you because we couldn't come to him. So he came to earth and he provided a way. He provided a way. John chapter 3, verse number 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What he's trying to tell us in John chapter 3 is what love will do. Love will cause you to give everything. And his pure, undying love said, I will come and I will die. I'm going to front the bill. I'm going to pick up the tab and you can have it for free. All you've got to do is receive it. That's all you've got to do. You've just got to receive remission of sins. Receive his spirit. Repent of your sins. That's all you've got to do. He already paid the price because your value it's so far above what you could even really begin to recognize before what we, what we will ever recognize. You see, we've never seen the other side of eternity. We've never seen what it's like to be out of this life and into the next life in eternity. We don't know the value. But the moment that we cross over, the Bible tells us that in the New Testament there was silence for about the space of half an hour speaking prophetically of heaven. That moment that I cross over and I realize that I've made it, then and only then will I have some type of understanding just how valuable my eternity is. Holy Ghost loves you today. God has come here today, and, and there's been such a sweet presence of the Lord. I don't know, we're not jumping and shouting and running aisles right now, but hear me this morning that God has come here today to tell somebody, You matter to me. He doesn't make anybody go to heaven, He doesn't make anybody receive His Spirit, He doesn't force anybody. 
But his desire from the beginning, as he said in the book of John chapter 14, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He wants you to be there with him. He wants you to obey his word. He wants you to, 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 to come into agreement with his word. He wants you to receive his spirit. He wants you to be baptized in his name and have all of your sins forgiven. You see, it's in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus that there is remission of sins. That means I cannot have my sins washed away any other way than in the waters of baptism where I come into covenant relationship with him according to Colossians chapter 2. When I go down in water in Jesus' name, my sin are forgiven. They are washed away forever. And when I receive his spirit, he comes in and I abide in him and he abides in me. And, and, and I am in Christ and Christ is in me. And that's what you've got to do to get into the kingdom. That's what he paid the price for. Was for you to obey his word. Stand with me this morning. The value of a soul the value of a soul. Your soul matters to God today. You matter to Him. You matter. You may not feel like you matter. You may have never felt like you mattered to anybody. But let me tell you about Jesus. A long time ago, He came and He paid the bill so that you could be with him forever. A place of perfect and complete relationship. See, after all, that's what we're after. You can have all the stuff. You can have all of the, all the things that life could offer you. But if there are relationships in your life that are on the rocks, it'll mess up your life. You know why? Because we as human beings, we desire something that can only be given. It cannot be taken. We desire relationship that is of the free will of the other individual. It doesn't matter how much money you got. It doesn't save a marriage. It doesn't matter how, much, how many things you have access to. How many things you can collect and accumulate. You'll still be empty after it's all if the relationship part of your life is not right. But the God of heaven loves you so much. He loves you with an undying love. And he wants to have perfect, pure relationship with you because you matter to him. You matter. You matter. I want you to gather with me around this altar this morning. God is already touching people in the house today. He's been talking to some folks all throughout this service. He's wanting to tell you, all you've got to do is repent of your sins. All you've got to do is turn away from sin. All you've got to do is be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can receive His Spirit. You can receive remission of sins here today in the waters of baptism in Jesus' name. And He did it. He set it up for you. He made the plan of salvation because you're valuable. You are valuable to Him. If you were the only one that was lost, He still would have come to Calvary just for you. 
Would you come to him today? Would you come around this altar right now and lift up your hands to him? Would you lift up your voice to him and just begin to, to, to talk to him this morning? He's here already touching people because you're valuable. That's why you feel his spirit right now, because you matter to him, because you're valuable to him. He wants to heal you. He wants to save you. He wants to minister to you. He wants to set you aside for him today.